When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 107 of the Better Ed Supporters Trust podcast. Rona Flanagan here this week. Today I'll be joined by Jerry Connor. Jerry, how's things? Yeah, good, Ronan. Cheers. Thanks for being back after a few weeks away. Sean Dunham, what's the crack? Good, Ronan. How are you? All good, Sean. Thank you. And what's up, Ronan Kelly? Not a lot, Ronan. All good. Uh, just good to be back, too. So this week, we will look back on the defeated Dundalk at Oriel Park. We will look back on the latest news, including two departures from the club. Um, we'll also discuss the treaty friendly. And we'll also look ahead to the next league game, back in league action now, finally, um, at home to Shells on Saturday night at the showgrounds. So that promises to be a good one. So lads, we'll go back to the game, the last game we played. It seems ages ago now at this stage, Donald, but... Uh, a 1-0 defeat to Dundalk and I suppose there was a lot of talk after whether or not, you know, we had the chance from Pedro and Dundalk took their chance a minute later. But overall, your overall assessment of, of the game in Dundalk? Yeah, my overall assessment of the game run, I suppose, was that we definitely deserved to get at least a point out of it. Um, I thought we played well. I, I thought, in fairness, we were the better team over the 90 minutes. Um, unlucky. Uh, the chance Pedro had, I understand people kind of on the television, it looked like an awful lot easier uh, than what it was. He was kind of maybe a yard out from the end line and he was heading into maybe a yard space in the back post. was an easy finish. Maybe he could have headed back across a six-yard box. I think Lucas Browning was kind of just just kind of making a, a bolt of the box. If, if he had got a touch on it, he would have scored. Uh, there go then I think it was probably between John Mahan and Frank I think maybe caught a bit ball watching on, on the back post for the cross and uh, they took their chance but again like we played really well uh, I thought like they showed a lot of character being honest you're going to go down you're kind of fearing the worst but they stayed in the game they created a couple of chances uh, a stonewall penalty denied yet again a stonewall penalty uh, not given again. So like like I know and I understand like people are saying like you, you can't keep blaming the, the referees. The referees are the same for everyone. Well I come here and I tell you the referees are not the same for everyone. The referees are out to get us like roars. I don't give two shites when anyone says to me. Uh, that's a stonewall penalty kick. Uh that's not given. And I, I guarantee you I, I was in Royal Park. The place is like a library. Their own fans are getting on their backs. If we got one goal we would have won that match on 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 Friday night that Friday night anyway wasn't to be uh, I suppose if you cast your mind back to the just on the penalty decision done if you cast your mind back to the, the first game uh, that we played Dundalk and Oriel and we won 2-1 and the penalty that they got that night compared to the penalty we didn't get like there's 
your man contrast like yeah. that was a very soft one for them yeah that time if i remember yeah and then i have to agree i th- do think that was a stonewall penalty i think frank was nearly too honest and that he bounced straight back up again he should have yeah. stayed down yeah and give the decision give the referee yeah. a decision to make. yeah i suppose make, make him make Put pressure him. on him yeah exactly yeah yeah you think right case lads where I 100% agree. I don't think anyone can disagree anyway that it's that it was a penalty. It was it was Stonewall. He clips his he clips his ankles. And bearing in mind, if you go back to the Nando one in Derry, exactly. You know what I mean? It's I, there's no consistency. But do you think we're at a situation where maybe Frank's reputation is going before him now? Where no. Frank's goes down in the box quite a bit. He like he always looks for that penalty, and that's fair enough because he does win a good few. But he goes down a good bit. And maybe the referee is just looking at it and saying no. No, no, and I tell you why, because I don't think Frank has been in the box in about six months. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely not. No, I, I, no, right, I, I've never in in all, and I always go about referees, but in 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 all my life, I can never remember a season as bad as are as many big decisions going against us as what's gone against us this season. Donald, they are going against everyone, though. So yeah. But but it Sean, is, it's I, I don't, whenever you I don't, watch a game, it's bad, bro. Like even you I don't but even but, I'm not trying to completely disagree with you, but I am giving a bit of context for it as well as such. Like like even go back to the first game of the season for us at home to Shams, like you know, Lopez gets sent off for fucking Pat and Barlow on the head. Like, you know what I mean? There's no common sense with the referees. Oh, this but, but if I go to, I guarantee if I went to, if I went to my phone, I went to every game and I, I, I could start listing off the amount of results or, or the amount of things that have gone against us this season. In terms of, look, at, I'm not going to harp on about it. It is what it is now at this stage. It's, it's like, I, I think Sean is right in that there has been a catalogue of bad decisions right throughout most games. But I think on the balance of things, we have definitely been on the the more suffering the 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 yeah, <clears throat> and that's not that's not been paranoid like you can point to, to most games where there has been at least one big decision that's gone against us you know and you don't even have to think that hard so yeah referees are absolutely appalling for everybody but we definitely are on the the wrong end of the majority of decisions rather than for us but and I suppose look and it's hard not like people say, "Oh, you're making excuses," and it's hard not to like. It's hard not to talk about. It. They are big talking points of the game. I suppose the frustrating thing I'd agree is that we were the better team, genuinely, not by a lot. I don't. I don't think either team were were hot. Uh, I think we slightly shaded it, but at the same time too, we came home with nothing, and you do have to learn how to grind out a result. Sometimes you know not not get beaten or just grind something out. You know, again, you know, you had Barlow had an unbelievable chance. No, it wasn't an unbelievable chance, but it was a great chance. And you just hope that it might drop in rather than going over the bar. You know, he nearly caught it too well. Again, similar to the chance McNicholas had. Remember there, one of the home games of the season, nearly caught it too well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been really one of, it's been one of those seasons. But look, can't feel too sorry for ourselves. You know, it's just insane. Yeah. Go on. No, and I don't think we can make too many excuses either because at the end of the day, we're, we're constantly the masters of our own downfall. Yeah. Like, even that night in Dundalk, like, and granted, I watched it on the, on the stream, so don't, like, don't have that angle. And apparently, even going by whoever was at the game, that the angle was, as you say, it was for Pedro, it's a lot tighter than it looks on the stream. 
So it's not a clear-cut opportunity for him, but even to square it across, we should be doing better there. And again, it's a straightaway, they go down the other end of the pitch and it's terrible defending by us again. And we can work great goal. But I can't capitalise then. I think, Arnett, like, in fairness, then we have a great chance with Stefan after that where he does brilliantly and mm-hmm. he beats the keeper and everything. It just doesn't fall for him. Yeah. In time, just goes over the bar. Like, that was a fantastic chance. But That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not clinical enough. Like for the amount of goals we give away, we don't do we don't do enough at the other end of the pitch. Like so, we, we don't get into the box. Like I'd say, no, you know, well, like, like, again, we had lots. We we had lots of the play. We probably yeah. dominated the play. But how many times did we get one more than one man into the box? But I, I, I can I, only think about maybe the time that Stefan had that chance. There was two other people inside the box. You now he's right in what he done. But like Pedro's up there, he's on the end line, gets the header. Who else is near him? Yeah, we're we're afraid to commit fat men forward. That's, I, yeah, but they're not yeah. they're not going to score goals unless you get men into the box. It's as simple. As that. I know I made a joke about Frank not getting into the box in six months, but it's not too far off the truth. But Jerry, like this is what happens, and I had this conversation with Magoo there the, 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 a couple of weeks ago. Like this is what happens when 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 your confidence is low, right, and you're leaking goals. Like fellas are afraid to to make to make that run into the box because they're afraid they're going to leave space in behind. And then they don't want to be the one that's responsible for if a team hits us in the break. And you've seen at times when we do kind of commit players into the box, at times we're very easy to play through. Like like I think that the Pats game at, at home was probably an example of that as well. Like, um, But you've got a system in place. But, yeah, surely but, but Jerry, like when you're playing, when you're playing your, your centre midfielder or right footed centre midfielder at left back and, and stuff like that, and you have to make those kind of compromises for your team. Do you know what I mean? It's it's. Well, it's then, not, you might as well not turn up. So. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not saying up. that. But I'm not saying that. But there's mitigating mitigating circumstances for everything. Like the other kind of. Anyway, yeah, I, agree, I I agree with you. Like we, there comes a point where you just have to just get on with it. Like you, you stop making excuses. I agree with you. Um, but I'm not even. I'm not like, even. I'm not even saying about making excuses. I'm just saying like you're the one who's making. It. And I go. I am. I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Respectfully. You're the one who's making excuses, not me. Yeah. I'm saying that, you know, unless you commit men into the box or commit men forward, you're not going to score goals. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's basic fucking science or football or yeah. the science of football, right? Um, law of averages even, if you want. If you don't commit men forward, you're not going to score goals. Yeah, you might have gaps in behind you, but you've got a system that you, you know, that you adapt to where you plug those holes. When people go for, yeah, that's what they're training for all week. Yeah, and look, regardless if you've got a fucking Coco the Clown playing left back, it doesn't matter. They're tra- Coco the Clown is training all week to fill in for Nelly the Elephant that bursts into the box. Do you know it's that's what they're training for? Well, look at all that. All that's making mitigating it, circumstances it, as the reason for our downfall. I know, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I look. I'm just giving that. I'm. I'm giving the rationale as to why maybe that it doesn't happen all the time, right? And all I'm saying is, all I'd like to think is like we've had a nice break there for a couple of weeks, and that hopefully, you know, they'll just come back hungry and 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 chopping at the bit for. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case, though. But, um, and I don't think it's a it's a lack of hunger or anything like that. I think it's become glaringly obvious as the season has gone on that we got it very wrong in the off season of recruitment in terms of midfield. We have all we have all the same midfielder. All our midfielders are the same player. So they are and yeah, like Browning might have been 
destined to be something different, but he hasn't. He's just he's committing he's the exact same as what Greg Bulger and what Nye Moore and offers to you. I'm not saying the lads are bad players by any shape or or form, but they're not offering us what we need. So they're not in terms of we need someone coming in, like the number 10 is there, that's grand, that's Barlow, whoever it may be. But we need more coming from midfield, even in our transitional play. We're not getting enough from them. So we're not, we're too safe, and we've gone even safer as the season has gone on. It's become monotonous, it's it's become boring, and it's to be honest with you, it's just turned to shite. So it has. And the midfield is our biggest clearer. People are out about the attack. We don't we won't score goals. You can't score goals if the ball isn't going into dangerous areas. It's as simple as that. We don't get the ball into dangerous areas. We don't feed Hartman enough. We don't feed Fitzgerald enough when he was there. We don't even feed Barlow enough in dangerous areas. Even look at Pedro and that. They're dropping back further deep to try and get a hold of the ball. We do not do enough for midfield. We don't push high enough. Our fullbacks continually offer the most, the biggest threat for an outlet for us. And that shouldn't be the case because we have enough attacking threats. So we have, but it's just, it's from a midfield point of view. We can't spread the ball. We can't move the ball quick enough. And that's where we're lacking big time. And we also lack in third man runners in behind. So we are, that nothing comes from midfield in that, from that point of view. So it doesn't, and we are really, really struggling in there. And it's not even like the reliance we have on Greg Bulger again this year is it's way too much. Greg is 36 years of age. So it's, it's actually not fair on the fella. Like, and a, and a man who's had serious injuries as well over the years, like his body isn't at 100%. It can't be. You know what I mean? He's played through the pain an awful lot for us. And we're still relying heavily on him. And we're relying heavily on Niall as well. And like, uh, like as he says, Niall having to drop out and play left back and everything. Of course, that doesn't suit us. It's no good. It doesn't benefit us in the middle and it doesn't benefit us from a, a left back position either. Now, he's done a great job, but it's killing us all around. And that, that for me is the biggest failing of this season so far. And I think it's just continually proving it. Because I think if we had a situation where we could just have Pedro stay up where he's meant to fucking stay, and not having dropping back to win the ball, you could have a different player on your hands because I don't. I think he's well able to link up and be a, be a good striker for us. And there's definitely talent there, but we need to find a way of feeding him properly. And but I think as well, though, lads, we can over over complicate football and overthink things. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I I just think we're making it too complicated. We're overthinking. We're not just going out and playing the game. You know, getting back to basics, and I just think that football nearly becomes too complicated at times. I understand what you're saying in that regard, Jerry, but I don't think we're even overcomplicating it this season. I think we've just been genuine. I think we've been dog poor, and you know, hopefully- yeah. But I suppose what I'm trying to say is that, and I totally agree with what you're saying. We have, and you can add David Colley into what you're saying there as well. Oh yeah, yeah, similar yeah. type of players. But at the end of the day, it doesn't prevent you. Like, maybe sometimes, maybe I'm overthinking it now, but maybe sometimes we pigeonhole players and we pigeonhole their mentality into being a certain way. And I'm a defensive midfielder. And this is, I can't do anything else, only this. Like, at the end of the day, the professional footballers, they're good enough to get to the standard that they're playing at. Does that, because that mindset, does it prevent them playing the fucking ball forward? Oh, I'm a DM. I need to pass the sides and pass it backwards. We need to protect the ball. I'm a DM. Fuck that. Like, you're a footballer. The aim of the game is to fucking score, create chances and score goals. That's where I'm saying it's become over fucking complicated. Yeah. 
Go yeah. out on the fucking pitch and play the fucking game. Never mind this fucking overcomplicating with tactics and fucking coaches and all that nonsense. If you're a professional footballer, play the fucking game. Play forward. Be fucking brave. Do you know, like, and I know what you're saying as well, Don. You're right. They are lacking in confidence. But fucking hell, like. But again, that's that's a mindset. Yeah. But I look, I, I'd agree with you, right? In terms of the mindset and the confidence. And I agree, I agree 100% that they have to be brave and they, they have to take that gamble and they have to, because it's it's make or break really for us. The only thing we're, but well, you know what? We're not playing Barcelona. No. We're not going to get fucking murdered every time. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you, but I'm saying yeah. we're nearly overthinking it that if I give the ball away on DM, they're going to I, run down the pitch and score. But, but, we're not playing Barcelona or Real Madrid. Yeah. They're not I, that just, good. Yeah, can I, can I just position. say one thing? Can I just say one thing? Like, in fairness, right? We're, we're only now starting to get bodies back. We're only now getting Gary Buckley back. We're only now getting Hartman back into the team. Pedro now has like a, nearly six weeks to integrate into the side as well. Like, we've had a two-week break. We've had a couple of friendlies. Where, um, do you know what I mean? Like, like I just, I'd give them a clean slate and 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 I'd just say that that last two weeks is the reset button and just finish the, finish the rest of the season strong. I think, I, I think, it's only fair to do that, and I think it's only the right thing to do to do that. Being honest with you, you know? but I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm, I'm just, not saying that you're yeah, saying I'm just saying, saying about the mindset of the modern day professional footballer and coaches. And you even hear from youngsters playing under eleven. I'm a CDM. What's a CDM? I know what a CDM is, but it's in part of the whole psyche of football from top to bottom. Now is that I'm a CDM, so I can't do this and I can't do that. You're a professional footballer or you're an under-11 footballer. Go out and enjoy the game. Don't be afraid to give the ball away. Don't be afraid to take a chance. You, you're at a certain level. You should be You should be pretty decent, you know. Um, and I go, just moving on to the, the game against Treaty. Sorry, just in comparison. Like, we were fucking poor in the first half against an awful bad side. The young fellas come on at half-time, the under-17s and under-19s, changed the game. They were playing on the front foot. They were trying to play it through the lines. They were fucking knocking balls down the channel and then backing up to support Pedro or whoever was up front. Just playing the fucking game. Terry, that scares the life out of me that we were poor against Treaty. Oh, we, we genuinely, this, I like, I'll be honest, and you, you know yourselves, I've been as positive as I possibly can all season, but I have now hit a point where I'm actually terrified of what's coming genuinely terrified because I think we're in a situation where we're at a point now these next three games define our season and that's where we are these next three games define if we're going into a playoff or if we're not yeah because but see I suppose the thing that's frustrating me Sean is that we have good players but we're pigeonholing ourselves into systems we're pigeonholing into mindsets we're pigeonholing ourselves into situations we're professional footballers we're good professional footballers play the game just you know, clear your fucking head. But like even I was only having a conversation with one of the last there uh, was it last probably not explaining it in the, the, the greatest football terms or analogies no, or touching on your point there, Jerry, of individuals. Like I was talking about our back four. And like, you know, Hutchison, Nando, Mahan, and even Branifact, like individually, all very good players. Collectively, we've been a shit show at the back. All season, there's been so many mistakes. Like, I've come from needless, needless things. 
And it's, just, it's hard to wrap your head around, like, as to why this happens. Same in midfield. There's just been so many mistakes, so many so many times we've just let teams go through us, no problem whatsoever. We're constantly letting teams fly through us and, and put, our, put ourselves under pressure that way as well. Like, individually, yes, we have good players, but collectively, we're not a good side. And I, that, that does come down to management as well for me. So it does the, why aren't we getting this right? So like something has to change. It has to change quickly because this is where we are now until the end of the season. There's no two ways about that. So something has to click. Something has to come together. It's proven at points during the season that we've been excellent. We all know how we started the season. We were very good. There's no two ways about it. We were very, very good. Everyone was really optimistic. But we fell off a cliff. Injuries have played its part. Don't take that away from it. So I have lost a form. We've even lost a couple of players, you know, with Max going now and obviously Luke as well. But to be honest with you, with Luke leaving, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world for us. So I don't personally. I think Connor would do just as good a job, if not better. So that may be that may improve our backline because there will be a bit more communication. Donald, you touched on that in the group. You reckon like there was chalk and cheese in, in terms of communication between, between Connor and Luke. Well, I tell you one thing that really stood out for me uh, for the for Dundalk was their keeper. Their keeper is their best player, in my opinion. And if you were to hear him, he's only what's that? I can't think of his name, but Shepherd. He's only Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, and Nathan Shepherd. Yeah. If you were to hear him, he's only younger. I think he's only nineteen this year or something like that. He's not. He's not. He's not old anyway. If you were to hear him talking to his defence, I tell you, any young, any young aspiring goalkeeper should just actually just watch him for nineteen minutes because the way he commands his area and the way he talks to his defenders, the way he communicates, absolutely top class. But I heard more, um, I heard more from Connor Walsh in in, in nineteen minutes than I've had than I've heard from Luke in in full season. Being honest, just talking to his defenders, and I think he's only a young lad. I hope that that's a part of his game that 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 he's going to. Uh, uh, develop uh, because it's it's badly needed for, for us definitely until the end of the season like it's, it's badly badly needed it need, it, the communication between the keeper and the defenders is, is, is crucial and it's I suppose it, to me it was at the root of a lot of our, a lot of our uh, uh, soft goals that we conceded this season I think so too especially um, from set pieces where people haven't been coming and claiming where there hasn't been a name on it like you go back to last season when Ed was there like that was the first name you heard when a cross came into the box it was always Ed yeah, you know, and he went and claimed like you didn't hear Luke. So look, Luke has earned his move. Yeah. Best of luck. I hope it works out for him and everything. But I just hope Connor can come in now and do the business first. He's got. And lads, would another positive be uh, Reese Hutchinson coming back from injuries? On there's loads of positives, Roland. Like you're right, you're hundred percent right. You've Reese Hutch- Reece Hutchinson coming back. You have Carlos Sullivan coming back. You have uh, the what you call him. Um, yeah, but obviously you have Gary Buckley coming back. You have um, our winger coming back. Um, you have Pedro uh, getting his first goal. I know they were talking about the the treaty game later on, but uh, like there's loads of positives. And you know, I yeah, look. You just I just I just think look, cut them some slack and 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 just just get behind them and and. You know, uh, because that's all we can do as fans. That's the only way we can affect the game as as as, as supporters. When when Shelburne comes to the showgrounds on on Saturday night, and for every other home game we have until the end of the season, we just have to make it a fucking tough place as, as supporters. We have to make it as tough as we can for the opposition as well, like you know, and 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 play our part and make sure that that we that we keep ourselves safe this season. Now it's time for your shout from the shed end. We asked for you to send them in 
after the last league game and we're to Dundalk on our WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767 and we can hear those now. This is Sean from America. Not a whole lot to say about the game. Is almost a carbon copy of the majority of the season. Played well enough. Um, didn't take our chances. They took theirs, you know, which was a mirror image of our chance like two minutes before that. But anyway, um, some good good play throughout the game. You know, like I said, we played well enough to win or draw. Um, another poor refereeing decision. Uh, but like I said, you know, it's at this point it's just saying the same thing over and over every game. Who wants to keep doing that? Um, Niall Morhan, he's a serious player, and we'll be lucky if he resigns. Hopefully it comes true, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, Frank, back in the uh, right back role, looked pretty good. I thought him and Niall were probably our best players. Um, Connor in goal. Um, I mean, we know what we're going to get from Brushy, and might as well leave the kid in, see what he, see what he can do the rest of the season, and... Uh, see how it goes so we can make a decision on next year um you know what else are you gonna say about the game um frankly i'm done talking about it um this team or this club is run by supporters so we gotta get behind the boys back the team buy the gear buy the annual draw tickets send your near contributions buy the 500 club whatever you got to do even if you don't want to go to game buy the tickets because that's how this club raises the money to move forward and if we don't do that then nobody else is going to and we're going to be in a worse position next year. So to get out there, buy the tickets, support the team, support the club, back the boys. They're going to keep us up. And uh, we'll move on to next year. Up the Rovers. That's your shouts from the show then. Don't forget you can get them in after Saturday night's game at home to Shells at the showgrounds on a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767 or on email to podcast at borst.ie. Right lads, next next part of this week's show. Um, we'll start off with David Cawley's testimonial, Donald, on... Uh, Week and a half ago now it was a, a nice occasion to be out at the showgrounds. Uh, it was brilliant, Ronan, and uh well deserved um well deserved testimonial for uh, for a great service to the club. It was great to see some of the old faces back, likes of Joseph and Doe, um Danny North, 
Mark Quigley, um, and 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 plenty more besides. A, a great tribute to to a great great man. Um, I think there's a lot of money raised as well, and it was a great night. It was enjoyed by everybody. So fair play, David Cawley, and congrats again. And Jerry, the the friendly at home to Treaty there last week. You mentioned earlier on that you were impressed by the young lads that were playing as well. Yeah. Um. So first half, pretty kind of standard enough team. Uh, a lot of lads that probably wouldn't have played a lot of football recently. Uh, the likes of Reese coming back in, um, Hartman plays, um, but but Finnerty very impressive at the back. Played really really well. It's great to see him doing. I think he played about maybe eighty minutes. Came off for the last ten. Really impressive. Um, Brush played in goals again. Thought he was really good. Very vocal. He made two excellent saves. Uh, point blank range. Uh. Came for corners, dropped one, didn't stop. He came for the next one, caught it clean. So I, I was really impressed with him, uh, considering he hasn't played football in quite a bit. So that kind of gives confidence too. Um, so one and a half time. Who got the, oh yeah, uh, the, the, the young Elding scored the goal. Played really well. Uh, took his goal well. Um, wasn't the cleanest of finishes, but he was in the right place, at the right time in around six yard box. Chip off the old block. The one thing I'd say about uh, Elding is that I know he's young, but I think he needs to have probably a little bit more belief in himself at that level because he's well well and truly capable. Um, sometimes he kind of comes across maybe a little bit timid, and I don't think he needs because he has the physical presence and he has the, the game. And look, he's he's a goal scorer, scoring two goals there again for under-19s away to Longford at the weekend for the 1-3-2, so that was really good. He's I can't remember a game in the last while where he hasn't scored. Uh, second half then, a uh, good few changes throughout the second half. A lot of the young lads came on, like Sidara Patton, uh, Patrick Montgomery. Um, really impressive. Um, thought the first half we were a bit slow, a bit sluggish, slow to get the ball forward. But these lads, when I got breath of fresh air, they came on, on the front foot, looking for a forward pass all the time. You know, getting into the box, not just standing looking at the pass, they were following it up. So, yeah, a lot, lot, a lot of positives and really, really good players coming through. So, um, yeah, it was it was an enjoyable occasion. It was about maybe two, three hundred at it. So, yeah, good way to get out of the house on a Thursday evening. And lads, we've seen since we last recorded that uh, Luke McNicholas has well, he's gone out on loan anyway. Jerry, there was a lot of talk about the move online. I suppose the timing of it as well, but. Uh, you know, I don't know how odd even to ask about this, but uh, I suppose that uh, uh, it's it's it was hard to kind of understand the the structure of it, really. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an unusual one, but it's actually one that you'd see more and more coming into football, where clubs are uh, loaning players out, and then with the buyout option, uh, either six months or uh, you know after the season, so. It's not as unusual as, as it's very unusual for the Barnes, um, and it wasn't probably the deal that everybody expected it to be. Um, from my understanding, I think it's 50,000 for the loan, and then an option to buy of another 60,000. So, all in all, it's a pretty good deal. Um, I think, in my opinion, we will miss Luke. Um, 
you know, I know the lads are talking about Connor, Connor Walsh and so on and so forth. I, in my opinion, Lucas is still a better keeper than Connor Walsh. Um, maybe Connor might have more potential. I, I don't know. Um, but at this moment in time, Luke will be a loss. Um, and at the end of the day, look, regardless of how much money uh, Wrexham have paid for the loan, they're not stupid either. They obviously see a lot of potential in Luke. Um, I think he's a lot of a lot of attributes, particularly with uh, his feet and his his passing ability. Um, you know, apart from Brian Maher, he's probably the best at that in the league. You know, he has the, the physique as well, maybe talking wise, maybe a little bit quiet, but you know, I think he he will be a, a loss to the team. Um, having said that, I don't think he could turn down that day. Well, just good luck to Luke. Um... Hope the move is successful for him. And another departure, lads. Well, not now at the moment, but in the next few weeks, it was announced today as we record on Tuesday that uh, CEO Colin Feely is stepping down from his role, Sean. So uh, after since twenty nineteen, he's been in the role, so he's stepping down. Yeah, it's a huge loss for the club for your leaving. He's done a great job there, in fairness to him, and um, genuine. Diehard supporter, like I don't think you can put anyone in there more deserving than Theo, but uh, he obviously has his own reasons for it. So you know, just wish him the best of luck with everything he goes goes at in the future. But like you guarantee, he'll still be he'll still be there on Saturday night as a supporter. So you know, nothing will change there, and I'm sure he's still a volunteer within the club and everything. So look, it's a high pressure job, I suppose. You know, people might underestimate that role a little bit and take it for granted, but you know, at the end of the day, it's he is still running a multi-million million euro company at the end, you know, when it's when you bear it down. So look, it's a big job. It was a big ask and field and a great job. It was very successful times under field, so all the best to him. And as would you like to echo those sentiments? Yeah, he's not gone straight away, so he's still there for another few weeks or until the, the new person comes in. So thankfully he's not, you know, um was actually talking to him today. Um and look, yeah, he's gone he's he he's gone uh I suppose on his own terms and you know he's um there's no ill feeling or anything like that there at all. It's all in the best of terms. Um I suppose just needs a break, do something different, still a young man. Uh and I don't think you get anybody that works as hard as Theo. He worked, he put everything into it um, morning, noon and night and always accessible, always contactable, always willing to help and, you know, great ambassador for the club as well. Um, I'd say everybody knows him around, around the league and probably his highlight as uh, a CEO at Sligo Rovers was uh, winning the car in the, the Finn Harps annual draw there a year or two ago. So <laughs> I, I, I know for one, I'll never forget that. Yeah, I just I suppose I, I I echo what the what the boys are saying there as well, Ron. And like um, I know Con's an absolute stalwart. Anytime you're ever in the showgrounds, he's he's there night, noon, and morning. Um, if you ever you know needed anything from him or anything like that, he'd be the first man to, to answer the phone to you. He's uh, he's a proper club man, and uh, he's going to leave a big void there to be to be filled because he's 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 worked tirelessly for the club and. Um, you know, I suppose a lot of a lot of the work that he do would probably go unseen or maybe even unappreciated. But 
Um, you know, he's he's leaving huge huge shoes to fill, and the very best luck to him whatever he does next. Um, uh, he's um, he's his. I think it's only when he when he goes that people will actually realise the amount of work that he was doing. So best luck for you, your your top man. And also, just a quick women's update: the women's team lost two nil to Athlone on last Saturday. They're back at home in the cup on Sunday at two o'clock at home to Bonnegy United. So if you can, make sure you can get down and support them. Good cup run will will do just a favour, especially with the, the men's team out. Might be a chance for the, the women's team to get on a cup run between now and the end of the season. So the Viva isn't out of the question just yet. Tala Stadium, Jerry, isn't out of the question. <laughs> oh, Tala, is it? Oh, yeah. wrong. Is it not in the Viva this year? No, Tala, no. Both cup finals? I'll just check now. I'll check here now. No, the, the men's cup final is, in the, is definitely in the Viva. Men's is definitely. Oh, if we get to the final, we change to the Viva, so. Which are all the women's games. Tala are, Stadium, are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the women's games are played at Tala Stadium. Yeah. Dreaming of Tala, are you, Jerry? Yeah, nightmares of the place. Especially the last cup final we played. Oh, no. Oh. No, the last oh, cup no, final yeah, we yeah, played, yeah. we won. Yeah, we won. Right, lads, final parts of this week's show. We'll look ahead now to back in league action on Saturday night at home to Shells. Sean, uh, so was Shelburne, we know what they do. They don't uh, They don't concede much, but it's, I suppose it's a, it's a lot of things. But yeah, I'm not really allowed to, what to ask. <laughs> Just, can we make it through it? 19 yeah. goals is all they've conceded this year, Ronald. So... It's not like they're um, they're giving away too many opportunities. Look, you know what you're getting out of Damien Duff's side. They're not going to cough up chances. So it's for us to get something out of this game, we're going to have to be something we haven't been all season. That's clinical. And that's what we've got to change now. We've got to be clinical. They're not going to score loads of goals. So they're not, um, they're not going to create loads of chances. But... They are clinical when they get it. They've shown that against Shams the last day. They got basically one chance right at the right at the death. They took their goal, they've got their draw. We have to be clinical in this game because these next three games define our season, in my opinion. I know there's a lot more football to be played, but these three are massive. But I do as tricky as shells are, I still feel it's a winnable game for us for some reason. I've seen enough from the Dundalk game and that I think we can get something out of this game. I think it's someone we can pick up points in. And I think if we do it's finally the, the foundation that we can build on to get a bit of consistency going because the next two games after that are very winnable, Cork and UCD, and they're, they're very winnable and they're must-wins. So, like, we can, we can, we're home and host if we get, if we got nine points out of these next three games, we're home and host, we're grand, we're not going anywhere. We can finally start looking forward instead of looking behind us. But I'm just terrified that something goes wrong in this game on Saturday night. And we lose it, and it just the heads go down, and fans start really turning on the team. That's that's my biggest fear now. And it's just I, I'm praying, I'm praying with everything. Don't ask me about a prediction for it, Ronald, because I'm not giving you one. I'm just praying we get something out of this game. Donald, I've seen enough rolling um, uh, all season. I think, to, especially against Shelburne, uh, to say that we. we I, I firmly believe that again, like I always do, I'm an eternal optimist. And I do think that we're going to get something out of the game. Um 
Look, we've a lot of bodies back. We have, um, you know, we've Reese Herman back. We've hopefully Pedro now starting to gel and integrate into the side. Um, so just hopefully, like, the last, just, you know, like, the, the, they're brave, as we were talking about earlier on, that they're, you know, to just make those runs beyond, I suppose, into the box or whatever it is. Just, uh, just be courageous without the ball. Uh, get themselves into dangerous positions, and I, I, I really do believe that, that there's three points in the first on on Saturday night. Unfortunately, I won't be there. Um, I might see a bit of the second half, but um, uh, I, I just look at. I just hope from the first whistle that the fans are fully behind the team because at the end of the day. All we can do is, is try and encourage them. Um, I know myself, um, I suppose, going outside and tickets there for for the the, the the annual draw, the amount of love that there is for Sligo Rovers around around Sligo Town and the, the, the towns and villages around Sligo Town is absolutely phenomenal. And I say like nearly 70% of the doors that you knock on, if if people ask at the door, there's they, they, they'll give you money. 70% of the times they make a donation to the cause. And even people that have no interest in football, they still love Sligo Rovers. They, they, they see Sligo Rovers as nearly, I suppose, something that identifies us and, and they represent us in, in such a unique way. Like, I just hope to God that, you know, it's just finished the season strong, but I, I wouldn't be looking beyond anything beyond Saturday night and just, as we were seeing all, all night, just be difficult to beat and hopefully take our chances, just be brave on and off the ball and... And like the football is there, the, the quality is there in that team, and there's no reason, there's none stopping them winning nearly every game from now until the end of the season. But one step at a time, go out and fucking beat Shelburne on on Saturday night, and and that that's all, nothing else, nothing about fucking relegation or anything like that. It's one game, one one snap, one bite sized chunk. First thing, go out and fucking beat Shelburne on, on Saturday night. That's it, simple as that. Don't leave any excuses. Don't leave it to the fucking referee or don't leave it to injuries or don't leave it to nothing else. Just go out and fucking beat them. That's it. Simple as that. Jerry? Um, yeah, just following on with Donald was saying there, just about the, the love that it, that there is out there for Rovers uh, in, in and around the region. It's just phenomenal. You know, like, everybody wants to talk about them. Everybody is interested. Everybody has an opinion, which, you know, like... Well, which we might not always agree with at times, but at least people care enough to have an opinion, which I think is the most important thing. You might have people out there that never shut the fuck up moaning, but at least they're interested enough to, to moan. Um, because, look, to 99% of those people that never stop moaning, they do care. Like, you've got the odd one or two lunatic that, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, um, if I Google Sligo, and Sligo Rose is the first thing that comes up. Sligo puts... Sligo always puts Sligo on the map. Always has, always will. Uh, like we are a unique club, uh, and we're getting even more unique as as time goes by. And um, but look, we are who we are, and we are where we are. So I suppose look in relation to the game on Saturday night. Yeah, hopefully people come out and support and back the lads. And in fairness, look, you know we've had a lot of shitty downs this year, and I don't think. The, you know, fans have really stood behind the team in one or two times where, yeah, maybe UCDA where there was a bit of giving out, but by and large, people do get behind the team, but the team need to come out all guns blazing on, on Saturday night to, to get people off their seats and give them something to 
a spark, you know, that kind of way. And once you get in the spark, they'll, they'll, they'll really be vocal. Um, as for what Sean was saying, if we get the next nine points, considering we haven't won back-to-back games in over a year, just to get three on the bounce is a huge ask. Um, but having said that, I think we are well capable of beating uh, Shells on Saturday night, especially when you bring in the likes of Reese coming back in, you know, he'll give us balance. Um, you know, you've got Hartman as an outlet that's, you know, giving the ball in tight spaces. He'll he'll keep us, he'll draw people towards him, make space for others. And I think like what I was saying earlier, look, we need to commit men into the box and you know, to take our chances. And in fairness, look, we've done really well at home this year. So I, I think we can I think we can get a result even against a horrible team to play against. But it'll come down to as well. You know, whoever wants it the most to win the game at the end of the day. It's as simple as that. Again, simplifying football, that's what it comes down to. If you put in more effort and you want to win more, 99 times out of 100, you will come out the right end. Um, so, look, never bored, is it, lads? No. no. Something to talk about. What do you think? What do I think? Um, I don't know, really. Uh I think that, as you mentioned, it's going to be a tough game. Um, but I just think, I, I hope that the time between the Dundalk game and the Shelburne game has kind of allowed for, I wouldn't say a reset, but uh, we have something in, something in place for now, between now and the end of the season, that we know that we might try something different. I don't know that we haven't done before. Um, win, win is yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, but like we've lost our their whatever top goal scorer. We've lost our number one keeper. So it's about between now and the season is to just what we have is what we have, and maybe I don't know. You don't try not try the young fellas, but I don't know. It's risky, but I think I think having a left back that can actually play left back and resource it in is a plus as well. Yeah, because he will guarantee you he he's he'll be able to use his left foot coming in on the flank, and if we get numbers in the box, as you're mentioning, hopefully there will be people in the box. Because he'll hit the ball in, he'll be accurate. So, but we don't know. We really like, honestly, we don't know. Um, Touching on the point that you're making with Reese, um, you know, we've had what now? It's been four or five games now, he has it with Nile at left back. Yeah. Something like that, anyway. But, uh, like, effectively, it's ruled out our attack and threat from left foot. We haven't had anything beyond the halfway line. So, we haven't. So, like, it's going to be a huge factor with Reese coming back and it's going to bring a new dimension into the play as well. So look, it can only be a positive thing. And he's had, a, he's had a good few minutes under his belt. Now he's ready to come back fully. Like I've no doubt in my mind that he'll start this game. So, and even Gary Buckley, I nearly be expecting him to start as well. And the two of them are going to make a huge difference to that back four. But our fullbacks are so important to the way we want to play. And if we have, like we've heard, but Johan and then Harpen on the right, and then you could have Reese and Stefan on the left. Stefan, yeah. Yeah. 
but that yeah, you're gonna have players that actually, but Niall Moore in the midfield as well. You're gonna have people that are actually playing their position, and that's, that's a decent team. Yeah, like there's no excuse between now and in the year to rack up a few points because honestly, I don't know. I'm more afraid of. I'm not afraid of what we can do. I'm more afraid of what the teams below us are gonna do. Um, like, like even on Friday night, like you know what I mean. You've Cork and Drada. Yeah, yeah. We're under serious pressure. Like that needs to be a, a scoreless draw for everything to stay the same underneath us. Yeah, I I think I think touching on Cork. I listened to the lads we had on before. It's to Damien and like I know it's not all rosy down there, or whatever. But like I just think that Rory Keating is back now. He scored last night against Waterford. He's 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 either going to start banging them in, and I think that's what he's going to do now. He scored last night. He's going to be on a return of form, and they've they've got a goal scorer. They can build their team around him now, and they've signed some good enough players. Drada, Kevin Doherty has them fighting for everything, and they might like they have some bits of class here and there. They like some Marky and all that, and they're Deegan at whatever. The two, th- I'm, I'm more worried about the teams underneath us than I am about our own team. I just hope that we do have to care about ourselves, but also the teams below us are going to pick up points between now and then the year. And it's just that if we can, yeah, we have to do enough ourselves as well at the same time. We can't be relying on them to fuck up as well. No. Stay up. By all accounts, Cork were pretty, were pretty good last night. Um, and they, from just reading stuff, they from their fans, they seem to be like completely different team last night to, as opposed to what they were. And I suppose they couldn't have got a better start with one with Rory Keaton scoring in minute one. Like that's a dream start. It's a dream start for him. Yeah, it's a dream start for Cork in terms of you know kickstarting. Uh, could be a kickstart for them. You know, like what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, they were the masters of our own destiny. Like it's in our hands. Like it's in our hands. It's in our control. Our... I think that's what he's worried about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. But at the same time, look at it. We're not really, um, as things stand, we're not relying on anybody else. So you know what I mean? Like just fucking back yourselves. That's, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know. Go that's why with these next three games that we can forget about everything. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even say that. It's not. You just have to take it one game at a time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look beyond. I would not look beyond the Saturday night. And every game, every game is a cup final between now and the end of the season for us. That's it. Simple. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Sean said about about say Cork and UCD being must win. I would say, and I said it before, definitely Cork games must not lose. Yeah. Do you know just to keep that that gap between us? I think you're on mute there, Sean. Yeah. I was just worried about Cork being at home that game, though. I know we're jumping on ahead, but we'll talk yeah, about that. Look, that's rolling. That, that's <laughs> listen. You can worry about fucking uh, uh, three games down the road all you want. It's it was it's what's in front of you now. That's what you have to focus on. It's what's in front of you now. So I wouldn't even I wouldn't even concern myself about Cork. Let Cork do what they want to do. We'll do what we have to. We've to do we've to do our own talking on the pitch. We've we've proven several times during the season that we're a good side, fantastic football, and we score some great goals. It's now until the end of the season, it's fucking putting that all together on a on a sustained for 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 sustained ninety minutes. 
Saturday night is the first chance to fucking say we are fucking better than who we are on the table. It's the it's the first chance to, to actually say, do you know something? We're better than fucking this. And show fucking Damien Duff. Send them back to talk pair with their tail between their legs. And that's why we're winning one nil on Saturday night, too. Well, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. I tell you something, I would fucking, <laughs> I would <laughs> love it. That's my prediction for Saturday night. That's my prediction. Oh, so, yeah, one nil. Okay, that would great. The two of us are singing that same yeah. sheet. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, do you have a prediction? I know Sean isn't a man for predictions. Two two one to Rovers. Two one. Right. For us, Mr. Quitty, see you next week, lads. Yeah, like ah oh, fuck off. Wait, it's, uh, no, next week, <laughs> next next week we're going on a run for Europe, lads. I tell you, <laughs> fuck, okay. just fucking go out and and do your thing, back yourselves, and and we'll be all right. Keep, keep the faith. faith. Yeah, keep, keep the faith. Just faith. Before before we finish on and just uh, I know it's, it's coming near the end of the the I suppose the the coming towards the the draw the actual draw itself for the for the annual draw uh, tickets are available online and apparently they're selling very very well so look if you if you haven't seen any of the ticket sellers um, or if you don't know how to get a ticket just go online onto the the, the club website and you should be fairly handy to get them or contact um, us if you want to book contact to our Jerry social media pages yeah. or. If we, I know I have a few books out there, they're a bit dirty and I suppose just about kind of thinking about trying to get as many soul now as early and see where it takes us. Even if you're yeah. looking, I still have a couple left if you're looking for individual tickets as well. So, yeah. also, can we give a shout out to Kaya McKenna with the Ireland under 16s? She came on today for half an hour at left back. So, there are two friendlies actually this week. Today was the first one. So, she another. Clearing the Ireland under his squad, so all good to see. Well that was against the Pharaohs in Drama, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well done to her for playing. Yeah, a great achievement. So thank you, Donald. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Jerry. Cheers, lads. And cheers, Sean. Thanks, boys. I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud of the top one. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. It's brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley.